Coming to you direct from the heart of New York City all the way to wherever you are, you're listening to the VIP Jazzwall Report. Welcome to the show, ladies and gentlemen. And as some of you may know, I always like to start my show with a quote from famous people because, you know, in a way it's symbolic of the show's content. And this show is going to be no different. So here's a quote for today's show and it goes a little something like this. I've helped so many of the boys down through the years. They had their misgivings. Sure, I'd have them uncover themselves, but I did not handle them at all. And I would tell them, I would look at them, their privates. I, so I could tell how they were swelling. Now that bizarre quote was obtained from an article on the website Ohio.com. And the man who said this was not a doctor or a nurse or in any way medically qualified. This quote belongs to the pastor of Grace Cathedral, who goes by the name of Ernest Angley. In my previous show called House of Horrors, sorry, House of God or House of Horrors, we had three guests who gave an account of their lives and how, instead of being in a world of love and faith, they were duped into a world of hate and persecution. That was their price for following a self-proclaimed man of God, the one and only Ernest Angley. A quick bio on Ernest for some of you who might not be familiar with him. He was born in Gastonia, North Carolina in 1921. He began his ministry in Akron, Ohio in 1954. He built his church, Grace Cathedral, and started his television ministry in 1972. In 94, he relocated his mega church in Cuyahoga Falls, Ohio, and that is where he currently operates from today, um, attracting hundreds into his ministry and over the airwaves and in his foreign crusades. In August of this year, he turned 93 and told his congregation that he's not planning to die, but will go by way of the rapture. Mm -hmm. However, since 1996, hundreds have fled his church with similar horror stories of forced abortions, vasectomies, families being torn apart, unreported child molestations, and Angely, by his own admission, asking men to uncover their genital region so he can check them for swelling. Many declare him to be this country's biggest false prophet since Jim Jones, and that is why we're here today. We have two guests who want to share their horror story in this house of God. Um, our first guest is Shane McKay. Welcome to the show, Shane. Thank you for having us, Dip. And my second guest is Angela Oborn. Welcome to the show, Angela. Thank you so much, Dip. Right at the outset, I'd like to say thank you both for sharing your stories of pain, which to me actually, you know, in a way sort of reflect courage because sometimes they're one and the same thing. Um, let's get started by each of you introducing yourselves, uh, giving us an idea of how long you've been at the church, what made you get in. Um, Shane, why don't you tell us? Well, that I started um, in Grace Cathedral in 1994, um, and I attended for about 14 years. Mm. Um, during that time, I was a part of the Cathedral Buffet. I volunteered at the buffet and went to was in the choir for nine years. Right. Shortly after being a part of the choir, I was a part of WBNX as a camera operator, mm -hmm. WB55, um, and that's Cleveland's uh, CW affiliate. Right. And I also traveled with Ernest Angley to Africa on at least 20 missionary trips. Um, and these started, missionary trips were to Africa all the time? Um, no, there there were some to Africa, and we also went to South America, Guyana, mm -hmm. and uh, Canada, and we did some stateside crusades as well. So the ministry has quite a worldwide presence. Yes, yes, he does, okay. um, through the, his television program and things. Well, thanks. Um, Angela? Um, I started attending Ernest Angel's services as an out-of-state partner from birth, basically. Uh, when I was 14, we moved from Alabama to the church uh, uh, at the coaching of Ernest Angley. We moved into a home uh, that's adjacent to Ernest Angley's church, uh, which, is pers which he personally chose for our family to purchase and to live in. Right. Uh, my family donated up towards a million dollars to Ernest Angel, thinking they were doing God's divine will. Wow. Um, about six years ago, uh, Angelie inserted a huge wedge between my mother and I, okay. attempting to separate us both um, while we still attended the church. Um, my mother and I didn't speak for a full year, Ernest. Well, let's get to that. We're going to get to that bit. But, okay. but I just wanted to ask you, I mean, before we get to, you know, the, the pain and the suffering, um, 
Now, you've been there since birth, and obviously before that, your parents were huge followers of uh, Grace Cathedral. Yes. Um, what was a good part of going to church for you, if at all? Uh, when we were out of state, we didn't, we did not attend any other churches. My mm-hmm. family felt that Ernest Angel's doctrine was really the only true gospel. So, so there uh, were two religions they, at play: one him and one Christ. Right, yeah. right. Uh, they felt that. Uh, I mean, every holiday, like Thanksgiving, I, I we didn't have Thanksgiving at home anymore. Mm-hmm. Thanksgiving was driving to Ernest Angel's church, staying in a hotel, and then going back home. Right. Uh, Christmas was the same way. Uh, we we spent it driving, going mm. to Ohio, and going back home. Okay, so very loyal followers. Shane, for uh, you, for, what do you recall uh, being the good part of attending the church? Um, when I started, mm. um, I, I was drawn to how people were so dedicated, um, and they were very serious and sincere about their devotion to Christ and to the services. And I really enjoyed how the people, not only the adults, but the children, would go down to the altar before service, and they would pray and they would read their Bibles, and this was 30, 40 minutes before service, and they were devoting their, their lives and their time, and I really, um, I really thought that Angelie really did present a message of devoting your entire life to the service of others in Christ. So their so devotion really and discipline was kind of infectious. Yes. Positively. Very much so. Yes, on the positive side, yes. Now, um, Angela, you were starting to tell us about the sort of suffering you started to incur in the church. Uh, yeah, uh, we started about six years ago. Ernest Angeli took us, uh, took me into his office, mm. and he he pretty much uh, was uh, trying to put a wedge between me and my mother. And due to that, why why was that wedge? Um. I still, to this day, don't even understand what he was upset with me about. He never really fully explained it. Mm-hmm. Um, basically, he caused her and I not to even talk for a full year, me and my mother. But if you had to guess a reason, talk. because, you know, he's not, he, he comes across as crazy, but let's say he's not. What, what, what was the motive? He said that uh, the bid, the bridge between her and I was burned. Um, he, uh, I, w- I, at the time I was trying to get her medical help, mm-hmm. uh, because medical, um, coverage was not, um, available to her through volunteering for him. Right. And, uh, she was kind of, um, afraid that I was trying to get her locked up in a mental institution at the time. And, and do you I think had, she told that to him? I, I, yeah, she did. She did. And I, no one asked me what my uh, motives were. Mm. My motives were to try to help my mother. And instead, I was isolated from her while I would go, while we were both attending the same church together. And that was so painful because he treated me as if I had done something so horrible to my mother. So he's treating you this way, but you're still attending the church? Yes, I was still What am I missing? Um, well, uh, I I knew that he was wrong, but I thought maybe he was confused. So, you know, with the brainwashing that we endured, um, I, I I kept telling myself, well, maybe maybe I'm wrong. Maybe my spirit's wrong. Maybe maybe uh, maybe I'm fighting God, and I just need to give him the benefit of the doubt for just being wrong about this. And, and it, it, it's just a fight within yourself because you've been, you know, conditioned for so long to believe that he was God's instrument. Was that the first, was that the beginning of the pain? Um, the severe pain, yes. Okay. Yes. I mean, there were a few little things before then, but that was the big, big um, uh, that that was the big one for us. Okay. Well, hold it right there because I want to get Shane's input and then we're going to go in a little deeper. Shane, when did this story of suffering start for you? 
Uh, for me, it started uh, at 15. I was uh, sexually abused on church property by somebody who was very close to Ernest Angeli. Mm. Um, he, he visited um, special services. Uh, he was not a regular member. Um, and when I finally got brave enough to talk about it with somebody, I went to Ernest Angeli, uh, somebody I thought I could trust. And that was when I was 20 years old. When I finally did tell him, he said to keep it quiet. Um, and I did. Um, and then years went by, and my wife and I were uh, getting, ready, getting ready to get married. We had dated for four and a half years, and she had told me, um, going into her marriage, she wanted me to know that she had been approached um, for sexual uh, favors and things in the church um, when she was also a teenager, and it angelly told her to, to stay quiet. Mm. Um, and so we were not feeling the safety that we had once felt. Right. Um, so we uh, went and talked to him again right before we left. And during that interview, um, he proceeded to ask me about my molestation again in great detail. Mm. Um, and I had felt the third time he talked, because he talked to me four different times about it, in the span from the first time I told him to the last time. The third time I was confused, I thought it was weird. He was asking me all the details again. On the fourth time, my wife was sitting with me, and after leaving the meeting, she said, Shane, that was just gross. It, I felt like I was sitting right with my abuser again in, in the bus. And um, I didn't know what to do about it because I trusted him, mm -hmm. and I really did care about him, and we just didn't feel safe there anymore. So, and we were, we had just recently adopted three children, and we did not feel comfortable having them in the church when he, in our two cases, had told us not to tell our parents even about our abuse um, and other abuses that happened within the church that we knew about that he kept quiet that there were serious consequences to. So we just let me let me let me just just um, barge in here. You, okay. On the fourth meeting, you're sitting with your wife. Yes. So there's a witness at hand. Yes. Right? Um, he's asking you questions and to describe the scene. Yes. You've told him in that meeting about who it was that molested you. Right. He knew in the first meeting who had molested me. Okay. And in the first meeting... When you're telling him this, let's just talk from a human perspective rather than a legal... What's that look in his eyes that he's when he's asking these questions? Is it like he a sense of very, sympathy? No, he was being very inquisitive. Mm. Um, Almost like trying to get into a fetish state, I'm, I'm asking. I would say yes, because in that interview, I felt like I was sitting across from the person abusing me. His facial expressions were mm -hmm. exactly the same. The way he was talking was exactly the same. Um, the, the way he asked the questions, he asked me, um, and sh I'm going to ask you, should I be upfront about what he asked me in that um, Go ahead. That meeting? He asked me word for word, he said, did he make you come? Mm -hmm. And he wanted to know if he had brought me all the way. And he, it, it was just nasty. It was a nasty feeling. I knew he was not going to do anything about it. Um, but I, I know for the hearsayers, I know their question is, why as an adult that I allow him to go through with that? Right. And because he was my minister, it was, I feel like it was no different that he was saying that. Um, it's almost like you were being molested with words. Correct, correct. Right. And I just, um, and I, I didn't know how to, cause, because at that, still at that point in time, even though we had questions about him and mm. we didn't like, what was going on in the services right. because the sexual abuse was part of it and was the, the main offense but there were other things we didn't like but that was the criminal thing that he covered up and the legal thing that he did that allowed us to break free from the brainwashing and his control that he had over us um, so in that moment when he was doing that he was still my minister and I didn't know how to respond until we left the meeting and my wife said this was wrong. <clears throat> oh, yeah, but I mean, you know, had I been in your shoes, the second meeting would have been wrong. Correct. You, you, um, you went four times, but, you know, hold it right there because I want to get back to Angela. 
and then I'm okay. going to come back and we're going to delve in deeper. Okay. Angelo. Yes. Now, your suffering took a greater toll on you. Yeah. Right? Yeah, I did. The, uh, was it only did. about the wedge that he drove between you and your mother? Or were there other things as well? No, there were other things. He um, talked to my boss because I, I was employed by him for 20 years. Mm. And he told my boss, you know, uh, information about me that she didn't need to know. And uh, she she made work hard for me. She slammed doors in my face. She screamed at me. It it, it made a very hostile work environment for me. So a lot and, of unethical behavior. Yeah, very. I mean, I, I have nightmares still about it. Um, just, I mean, the past two weeks, I've probably had three or four nightmares about the her and the different things that were done to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, I don't know if you want me to go ahead and go into my story with my mother. I want to talk about your mother in terms of I believe he was trying to make financial gains. Am I right? Right, right. Uh, when we finally quit Ernest Angeles Church, mm. it's was, it, it was actually only been 14 And we months. is who? My husband. My husband, we, okay. We quit together, and we've only been out for 14 months. Uh, so we're, we're actually quite, quite new. Right. Um, uh, and in which that time, my mother was told by Ernest Angel not to have contact with me due to me no longer leaving the church. Mm-hmm. Uh, my mother went into severe depression right. uh, in April of this year, just a few months ago. Uh, Ernest Angel sent my sister and myself letters making us aware that my mother's condition, um, of my mother's condition, uh, because he had washed his hands clean, clean of her. Mm-hmm. Uh, she had been employed by him at his uh, in his building. Right. Uh, we discovered that due to the spiritual abuse uh, that my mother had stopped eating, she dropped down to 83 pounds. When we finally got her to the hospital, the doctor said that she was dying, that she was in the same condition as someone that had been Did you tell Ernest this? Uh, no. No, my my sister did go and face So Ernest him. knows about it. That's what I'm trying to get at. Yeah, he does know about it. He does know about it. Now you have um, something also to say about uh, he washed his hands off her. Yeah, he washed his hands clean of her. But in his hands lie your mom's house. Yeah, he. Uh, my mother was convinced a few years ago uh, to put her house in a life estate mm-hmm. uh, with him being the uh, with him. Right. Um uh, and when she was in that dying condition, she had to be in the hospital for a whole month mm-hmm. and not even Ernest Angel nor any of the assistant pastors even visited her or prayed with her or offered any kind of condolences while she was in the hospital. And she's been a member for between 30 to 40 years. No one reached out to her at all while she was dying. Um, now, this has caused a lot of stress to you, right? Oh, 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 amazing stress. My my mother's not the person she she used to be by any means whatsoever. My my mother is a different person now. Her mental condition is nothing like it used to be. Does she realize, does she realize that Ernest has been responsible for this? Yes, yes, she does. She finally does. She, but has she, is she know, coming out of it? Um, she is. She's coming out of um, brainwashing. Okay. She she knows that he's wrong. So there is hope. Yeah, there is hope. And are you working at making sure she realizes that you know there is light at the end of the tunnel? Yes, we have her uh, in, in programs that are help, trying to help her. I have her seeing a psychiatrist mm. and doctors, and I've, I've, you know, I've really got her in some programs to help her. But um, how has it affected you, though? I know you have the pain, but are you under some form of sort of 
do you get very yes. stressed out? Yes, I, I've been I've been diagnosed with PTSD, which is post traumatic stress disorder. Uh, it's the same thing that uh, veterans, you know, will come back for more than they have. When did you start but, getting this? Um, I, I I personally I think it started a little bit before I even quit the ministry because mm-hmm. of the stress that my boss put me through. Right. But um, I didn't discover for sure that I had it until probably about a year ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I've been in extensive uh, out-treatment um, programs for treatment for it. I've been in three hours a day, three times a week, going to get, get help. Um, and it's, it's, it's really hard. Um, I have panic attacks. I I wake up screaming at night for nightmares. Um, it's 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 it takes over my life. I have I have weeks at a time where I have a hard time just getting out of bed, mm-hmm. and it's 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 just for lack of a better word, it just is so so unfair, you know. Yes, yes, it is because you know he's still flying high, and you've yet to gather your wings. <laughs> Shane. Um. Uh, yeah, I mean, you were talking about my uh, my abuse, and mm. it, it it has um, affected me. Um, the. Uh, but like you were saying, the, the second time he talked to me, I should have known better. But he was just asking. Um, he had said many times that when somebody's lying, they will ask a second, or that when the second time you hear the story from them, they will be different. So it was three weeks after the first time I talked to him, and mm-hmm. then he said to me, um, then he asked me again, so I kept the same story in line and told him all the details. So I thought he would do something. Right. Was he writing details down? No, he wasn't. He was just... Uh, just Did he have a recording device in the office? Um, not that I'm aware of. He okay. didn't have it visible. Um, but then the third time was shortly before I got married, and mm. that was that's why it was weird, because it had been so long. Um, the guy had stopped coming around. He'd stopped inviting him to the services. He'd only come if he was invited. And he stopped invited him, inviting him, but nothing ever was legally done. So, um, so in some it, ways, Ernest knew what had happened, acknowledged in some element of truth in, uh, by accepting your claim. Yes, he did. Um, right. and, and he also, But he didn't actually take it to the right authorities. No, he did not. And according to the state of Ohio, yeah. he's a mandatory reporter. Um, and he should have at least taken it, even if he didn't think it was real or not, he should have taken it to the authorities and told them, right. um, even as me being an adult. Um, and he also um, refused to um, give me any kind of counseling or offer me to go to get counseling anywhere mm-hmm. else. He just he just wanted me to handle it. He thought, I, I thought you handled it. I thought you taken care of it. And he didn't, he didn't know it was bothering me anymore. Well, there's a pattern know. here, isn't there? Because he seems to be a one-stop shop um, in, in, in terms of um, he'll be your savior. He'll, he'll be your psychiatrist because he called yeah. you in four times to make you describe stuff. Um, right. And he's going to execute what he thinks is the right judgment by getting the, the, the guy who molested you away from where you're at. Correct, yes. And okay. he would also tell me and warn me that the guy was coming to the church. Um, so I'd still have to be around him. But he, um, have he you ever, Did you ever confront the guy in the church who molested you? Um, I did not. Hmm. Um, I didn't know how to handle it. Sure. Um, it's very awkward. Yeah. Okay. Now, um, Angela? Yes. How are you, my dear? Uh, emotional. Yeah, all three of us. Um, because this is a very tough show for me as well because I can't believe this is happening in America out of all places Uh, tell me I mean did he try and get involved in your married life Uh, we we actually I don't know how we prevented it but 
my husband and I never went to him about our marriage. Mm-hmm. And we kept him out of the loop, and he never, ever tried to get in the loop. No, because he's got this whole reputation of encouraging vasectomies and abortions right. and things like that. So did any of that come into play? It did. It did. What? And I'll tell you the reason why. Mm. Um, my husband and I were both employed by Grace Cathedral. Right. Uh, we both worked at the Cathedral Buffet when we got married, and we knew that um, you cannot have children and work for the Cathedral Buffet. It's just, it's not allowed. Um, so we knew, we were we were encouraged by other people that we had to do something about it. We had to get a vasectomy. Um, so before my husband even, you know, before we even got married, he had to go and get the vasectomy so that I never got pregnant. Just um, a minute, just a minute, just a minute. Hold it right there. He was encouraged to go get a vasectomy so that he would never have children right. before marriage. Right, right. All because he um, wanted you guys to serve in the buffet? Yes. This sounds like yes. a sick joke. Yes, it does. Yes, it does. And um, I have... Uh, I, uh, Bob Dyer from the Akron Beacon Journal mm-hmm. asked Ernest Angel why would the head of a church want to limit the size of his future congregation? And then um, I have the answer here. Uh, Usher Mike Kish that sat in on the interview said, I would hate to even bring a child into the world at this time. Being a parent, just having common sense. If you look at the condition of the world, it just seems to be going downhill. When Ainsley was asked whether he agrees if this is a bad time to have children, he responded, it really is. It really is. I would not want to be brought into this world. Bob Dyer then asked, even if you have strong faith? Ernest said no, because the people with strong faith go down and their children are in danger. It was not like it was when I was a kid. Mm. We could not uh, walk up and down the streets. We could not play at night. We could play at night and not be molested at all. Okay. Um, I'm baffled for words. Uh, okay. I would like to, to jump in and talk about the vasectomy stuff as sure, well. Sure, Shane, go ahead. Um, my wife and I, we had dated for four and a half years, mm. and I was working for the ministry at the time as well. Right. Um, and when we became uh, serious, we had people approaching us, asking us if we'd had our talk with Ernest Angel yet, mm. um, if the preacher had had his, his talk with us. Right. So I, had told, I kept telling them no and brushing them off. Um, I knew that they meant about getting the vasectomy, but I knew my wife was, has always wanted children from, mm. the, from her very, very young age. And I knew it was going to cause problems and a rift, but I knew that I loved my wife, more than anything. So um, during um, when we had our engagement, Ernest Angelly announced our engagement from the platform, and he said about us being such a wonderful couple and a nice couple, went on for 15 minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, and four or five months into this, um, into our engagement, and we're getting closer to our marriage, he um, people started approaching us even more, and me, and asking if we had had the meeting with Angel yet. Mm-hmm. And it got within about four months, and he started approaching me and saying about how um, God had really dealt with him in the morning and let him know that I wouldn't be a good father and that I needed to get the surgery done. Right. Um, Did they have and, recommended doctors to go to? Was there a part of an inner circle? Of doctors under- that you know what you go to this particular doctor for vasectomy because he's a follower of Grace Cathedral. I I don't believe the doctor was a follower of Grace Cathedral. Mm. I do believe that there was a doctor that they sent people to. He did not give me a name um, because um, his last attempt at me to getting the surgery, well, he called me for forty five minutes and mm. wouldn't let me off the phone until I had agreed to having the surgery done. Okay. Um, and I knew I was making a promise that I could not keep when I said yes. Um, but you didn't get the vasectomy at the end? I did not. So yeah. what, what, what made that judgment prevail? Um, because if I wanted to marry my wife, which I did, I wouldn't be getting the vasectomy. And plus, I didn't want to do it because 
of the congregation telling me I needed to and a minister telling me I needed to. I wanted it to be my decision if I got the surgery done. So at some point you started to realize you need to make your own judgments. Correct. Right. Yes, I did. I did. Um, but I knew there were serious consequences to that. We had already had an episode of not having a reception at his buffet, mm-hmm. um, and he did not like that either, and it resulted in him charging us $1,000 to... Um, use his church and oh, so he hands out punishment too yes he's oh, really yeah. a one-stop shop guy isn't he yes okay yes. let's now he is judge jury and executioner <laughs> right okay i think we've got enough material to go on um, but now i want to take it now let's change the rules a bit let's do a little bit of thinking here um angela yes what took you so long in, in, in breaking free? What does he have on the human mind that he can capture so well? Um, I mean, you're being brainwashed. You're, you're, there's a wedge being created. He's trying to break up your family. You're being mistreated at work. Uh, you're, you're being talked down to. Yeah, it's it's mainly fear. Mm. It's fear that you you're gonna you're gonna fail God because he's. He set himself up as if he is your God. Why, yeah. why, why do you not fear him now? What's changed? What, well, for me, my story with my mother, um, he, he made it very clear to me that mm. he is not um, a man of God. A Had he looked God, after your mother, you would have still then hung around? Um, I was gone already from the church when he, when he did what he did to my mother. Mm-hmm. But when he did that, it took my fear away. Right. Does that make sense? It does, because you know what? At, at certain points in our life, um, enough is enough. Yeah, right? I, I knew, I knew, I, I knew it was time to leave, mm. but I still had fear. Okay. But when he when he did what he did to my mother, it delivered me from my fear. Shane, what took you um, so long? Um, just the fact that. Um, we were brainwashed. I mean, when I was 15 years old, and I couldn't tell my story, and then 20 as well. Um, no, but after 21, you're legally an adult in America, so you're responsible for everything. So the buck stops with you. So what? At what was the breaking point? Because now Angela told us her breaking point. What was your breaking point? Realizing that there was criminal activity going on, and knowing that I was responsible for my children. Um, and not allow, allowing those things to happen to mm. my children um, and protecting them. Um, there were things going on in the Sunday school. When my son was seven, they said that he would miss the rapture because he wasn't going down to the altar to pray. And he was seven years old, and they were already putting the responsibility of his soul. So yours was a phased exit. Yes. It started yes, it to build was. up, build up, build up. Yes, there was so much... Um, that added to it that I finally said, this is enough. Okay. Now. Um, Bip, I'd like to add to that. Sure. Mine was a phased exit also. Mm-hmm. I didn't actually get my deliverance from Ernest Angley until I had been out of the ministry for months. I was I was not attending his church, and it, it was months before I actually, the guilt left me. That's how how much of a stronghold he had on my mind. Well, I think you already left when the first day you decided not to go. It was just that well, it took you time to develop your courage. Right. And then right. say, okay, but you'd already stopped believing in him the first right. day you decided not to go. Correct. Correct. Right. It's just the, the, the power and the... the right. You just needed there. to sort of recollect your thoughts and, and, and your courage. Right. 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 Okay. Um, now... A lot of press about him. Uh, we did a show um, called House of God or House of Horrors. This is the second one. Um, what do you think, Angelo, Angeli is thinking now? Um, what do I think he's thinking now? Because mm. um, we have to go into his mind. I think he thinks things have settled down a little bit because that's how we feel. Um we were worse. We, I know Shane and I, 
we have a lot of stories yet that we... No, but he's looking at all the press that's happening, yeah? Yeah. And it's not stopping necessarily. It's it's slowing down from from the newspapers. Right. Um, And I think he's... Honestly, I believe that he believes his own lies. I really do. But do you think he would be getting worried? I think he's worried. Mm-hmm. Um, I've, I've, I don't know this for a hundred percent fact, but I've been told because I live very close to where he lives yeah. um, that he's replaced all of his windows with the bullet bulletproof windows. Mm-hmm. Um, every time I drive by his house, it's it's the most lit up house on the street. Right. So uh, he he's definitely scared. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that without a doubt. Okay. Um, he he thinks we're all a bunch of liars. That's mm-hmm. what he calls us. But that happens when you start to believe your own lies. Yep, that's very similar with all the dictators in the world. Uh, in history, they all start talking to themselves and, and sort of self-consoling. Um, Shane, what do you think he's thinking? I believe he's worried. Um, um, I know his, his front for the congregation and for his people is the lambs led to the slaughter. Mm-hmm. Um but I think that he is building his defenses. I have heard that he is bringing in people to the office and asking who they have talked to right. and who's giving information out. Um, I do know that he is ruthless when it comes to these things. Is he paranoid? I, Does he have a sense of paranoia about him? I have never felt that whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Um, Does he ever I feel that, you know what, the world's against me, it's only me and the followers, uh, and, and we are the we, true believers of Christ, and only through me will we get to heaven? Oh, yes, he has said that many times. Okay, so that's um, paranoia right there. Yeah. Um, Angela? Yeah, you're, you're, you're 100% correct, 100%. Would you be able to ever, ever forgive Angelie? Um, I had to think about my answer to that question mm. um, about forgiving him because in the human, uh, it, it's uh, why why would you forgive someone that's hurt you so much? Why why would you do that? But um, I want to say yes, I would forgive him, mm. but that doesn't mean that I have to keep my mouth shut, and that doesn't mean that he has doesn't have to pay for what he has done. Well, on what conditions would you forgive him? I would want him to confess to his miss to what he has done wrong. Mm-hmm. I would want him to have to pay for what he's done. Well, what do you mean pay? Uh, how how does he, he pay for the anguish he's caused your mom? I would like to see him be fined. I would like to see him be incarcerated, whatever the punishment is. Mm-hmm. Um, I know he's I know he's ninety three, so there's not much time left. Right. But I will. I would like to see him taken from the, just him being taken from the pulpit and that church being closed for me would be payment enough because there's so many people. Mm-hmm. Can you imagine how many people are in that church right now that have stories that are just as bad or worse? Oh, now? absolutely, absolutely. And you know what, that's what I, I commend both of you on, on, on having the courage and the three who came in the show before. Um, and what about you, uh, Shane? Could you forgive um, him? If he served, um, I believe he needs to serve justice, but yes. And define I, that to me. If, if you serve justice, what does that mean? Spend time in jail? Um, yes, or even just watched his church shut down. The work that he's done all of his life, mm. he finished. Um, I would also forgive him if he came out and right. admitted his wrongs and told the families and started to heal the families by his coming out with the truth. Um, but until then, no. I don't believe I need to forgive him until then. Um, but you know, if I, if I had suffered a similar situation that both of you had suffered, I, I wouldn't be as noble as you. I, I could not forgive. Uh, in my world, it's pretty much black and white. Um, what I would want him to do is show repentance by not ever speaking in public or, or uh, by attending church but not leading the church. Uh, and I'd love to see him take that horrible wig off. <laughs> it, it's driving me absolutely nuts. The most recent one was pretty bad. He usually looks a little better. Oh, he has a selection, um, does he? 
Yes, he has quite a few, but that one is external. <laughs> that, because that just drives me nuts. I, I feel like itching myself because under that there's got to be so much sweat. Um, but no, I couldn't forgive Angelie, and I commend you guys on, 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 on doing that. Um, but the reason why I believe that I'm able to forgive him is mm. that I believe that no person mm. is born to do the things that he's done. I don't believe he started out that way. Um, when we're all human, and we can all choose through the circumstances in our life to do good or bad. Right. And I believe that he has chosen to do bad, because I believe in his youth. I don't believe he Well, I admire your views, and both of you, I do admire that, because that's what makes you both better than me. Uh, now, Not so much. Um, Angela, what actions are you intending to take against Angeli? Because now you have your mom's property locked in with his assets. Right, right. I'm hoping to find a lawyer mm. that is um, willing and able to go after him and can can take the case seriously. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I'm hoping that this, this uh, the media um, coverage that we're getting will help me to find a lawyer that, that will take the case. Um, and, and we can win something, get it overturned. Um, and I'm also uh, uh, pursuing um, the feds in Ohio for wage and hourly because I know of laws that have been broken with uh, the Cathedral Buffet and WBNX for the way that they've run right. their payroll. Um, there's two or three other things. So there are financial I'm- irregularities that you've seen. Yeah, there's there's quite a few government facilities that I I'm going to be able to contact. What's the, been the response from from whatever you have, sort of, whoever you've interacted with? Well, last week I called uh, the government um, in Ohio right. for wage and hourly, and mm. they were so mean to me. They had me in tears. And uh, finally, one of the people I was talking to, because they had two people in line, almost like a good cop, bad cop. Mm -hmm. And uh, finally, one of the guys on the line started taking me seriously. And he he started asking me serious questions and and asked me to send him an email with detailed information. Um, So I I think he did take my my case seriously because I personally do have um, my own... uh, my own situation that I can complain against. Right. So they have no choice but to investigate my complaint. Okay. Um, so, but but before I could even get that far, they were so mean to me. And I don't understand why we're having so much trouble getting these government agencies involved. It's, it's just, I don't understand it. I don't understand why this evil man is being so protected. All right. Shane? Um, well, for myself, I have called um, the Falls Police Department mm. and uh, pre- uh, told them about my situation, and mm. they are now investigating the charges that I can bring against Angeli and the person who originally molested me. Um, also, I am I have been calling several uh, state authorities, um, and I'm hoping to get one of them involved. Um, but I have been shocked by the refuse, refusal to help. Um, I, I, I thought I had one uh, office on my side of Summit County, and I got some calls back from them. Mm. Um, but recently, as I've been calling, there have been I have been getting a busy tone or their voicemail and never receiving a call back. Um, and this shocks me because of all the allegations we have against him. And also... Um, Do they have a Facebook or Twitter account? Um, the state authorities or the church? Whoever you're talking to. Um, I have not found a Facebook account for those authorities. Um, okay, it might be worth your while somehow sort of making it public that, you know what, you're, they're not returning calls. Right, right. Yeah. Um, I'm hoping this is a way to do that. Um, but All right. Um, well, keep at it. Because yeah, I will. Because nothing, nothing happens overnight. Um, right. Angelo. Yes. If you had to give a message today to Angelie... What would it be? If I had to give him a message, my message would be, please, will you please repent of all of the, all that you've done to these 
innocent people. Would you please loose your hold on these people that believe that you are God himself? Mm. Would you would you please stop making up your own religion and not following your own rules? Please, would you stop deceiving these people? And that's it? That's it. Would you please stop? Not like something like get the hell out? <laughs> <laughs> well, if he stopped, then he would be getting out. <laughs> no, he could stop and then appoint the associate pastor and still control the strings. You know, he's a great puppet master. You're, you're, you're very true. Mm. Okay, and please get out. There you go. There you go. <laughs> and get out. Absolutely. And stay so out. Go to your bulletproof house and just lock the doors. Right. And give the house back. Exactly. <laughs> Shane? Uh, my message to Ernest Angeli is mm. there were three times that I saw you that I really truly believed that I thought I saw that you actually cared about me and my wife and felt bad for what we had been through and what we're going through now. Mm-hmm. And if that is the truth and that is the case, please come out and tell the truth yourself to our families and start healing our families. Close the church down and begin the healing process for those people that are there and let them see for what you really are and get help yourself because you really do need it. And that's that's my message to Ernest Angeli. Okay. Here's a little twist in the situation that I see. Okay. Um, and, it's, and I'm going to ask you both, but Angela, let me let me start with this. There are a few people who've managed to escape, yeah? Uh-huh. And, but he still has the majority with him. Yes. Okay? So he could accuse you guys of being crazy, disgruntled, um, atheists, or whatever. Mm-hmm. What would be your message to his followers? I am disturbed. I am deeply hurt. They might say that you are. I am. I am deeply hurt. But you're deeply hurt by him. I'm deeply hurt by him. I went to that church seeking a God of love. Mm -hmm. Instead, my family was destroyed. I was separated from my mother, and there is no remorse for the condition my mother has been put in. Mm -hmm. No remorse on his part whatsoever. She's not the same person that she was before he he hurt her so much. She is not the same person that she was before April of this year. So, yes, I'm deeply hurt. But I'm I'm I I'm out there. I want to I want other people to be saved from this because I know that I cannot be the only family and we are not the only people that are affected by his poison. So you're asking them to think with their head. Yes. Yes, please. Look at your own Bibles. Don't listen to his religion that he's made up. He's made up and he doesn't even follow his own religion that he's made up. And Shane, what's your message to the majority? Um, I want to say that I'm not disgruntled. Um, I am hurt by the way that I was treated. I gave my heart. I gave 150, 160%. Mm-hmm. Um, with everything that I've done, um, even with the abuse, even with being mistreated during my marriage, I gave everything. Um, no matter if I didn't like what I was doing, even to pulling the weeds at the church, I gave it 150%. Mm-hmm. Um, when I left, I didn't leave in anger as Angelie usually tells people that they leave. They're angry. They're going to fight this ministry. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not doing that. Um, I I just feel the responsibility because I know my wife and I were both hurt there, and he does keep it a secret, and I know that there are many others there that are being hurt the same way, and I don't want people to go through the same hell that I went through there and that I'm going through now, and I feel it is my responsibility to do anything that I can to help the truth come out so they can be free. And they need to start, like you said, to start thinking for themselves, and they can do that. There is life after Grace Cathedral, Mm. and there is a God that loves them if they 
um, so choose to continue believing with uh, in Him. Right. Um, and there is strength in in the numbers that have come out. So just no, but come out for your own reason. Just don't come out because it seems to be a fashion. Yeah, correct, right. correct. Yes, but I can't believe you know what. Both of you sound so noble, and 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 you have an element of forgiveness in you. Uh, I, I learned something today because if I was in your shoes, uh, I'd be I'd give him a reason to have a swelling. You know, um, <laughs> uh, um, I can't say that I haven't thought that. Right, right. But I would actually do it. You know. Um, now Jesus endured the pain of the cross for us, and in our in, in your lives, you know, uh, that was filled with faith. You've endured obviously a lot of pain. Begs the question, Angela, do you still have faith in God? Yes, yes, I do. When I first left mm. fourteen months ago, I had a really hard time understanding or deciding if God was real. Do you still but have faith in the house of God? No, no, I don't. So that your relationship a is a one-to-one with... relationship with God, then. Yes, right now it is. Right now. I don't know what the future will bring, but right now it's just me and God. And the man in the corner, Shane? Um, I do believe in a creator, and I do believe he cares about me. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I did struggle with it when I first came out because of the hurt that it caused, the church caused me. Right. Um, it was easier to try to decide God was not real mm-hmm. than deal with the hurt, and I just couldn't do that because of all the things that I had seen in my life that I believed that were uh, directly related to a relationship with God. Um, as far as my uh, belief in the church and the institution, um, that has been hurt and deeply wounded that will take years to fix. Um, I, I have a hard time trusting ministers, and I will never trust a minister or put as much faith in one as I did Ernest Angley. Um, right. But I definitely... Um, I definitely believe there's a place for churches if they are teaching people, um, leading people to Jesus and a relationship with God and not being the in-between between the two of them. Like we, like so use your senses that God's given you to make a sensible choice, right? Correct. Great. Angela and Shane, I can never fully claim to appreciate your pain, but you know something? You both are living examples of courage uh, in the face of adversity, and I really salute you for that. You, you know, you both deserve to be as proud of yourselves as I am of you, and thank you for coming on the show today. Thank you for having us. And thank you for us having, being having a chance. Ladies and gentlemen, before we end the show, let me send you off with an equally appropriate quote from Eugene Peterson, and it goes a little something like this. Uh, religion is a very scary thing because a pastor is in a position of power, and if you use that power badly... You ruin people's lives, and you ruin your own life. I also need to give a very special note of thanks to a woman called Pamela Cable, without whom this show and the previous one wouldn't be possible. God bless you, Pam, and wishing you continued success on your book, Televenge, available everywhere except at the Grace Cathedral. As always, thank you for listening. Your comments on your follow are so very welcome on my Twitter account at Vip Jaswal and my Facebook page. A special shout-out of thanks to my wonderful team, William Sanchez and Rick Buser. Please do visit foxnewsradio.com for my complete library of shows that cover a variety of topics which impact our lives. You'll be spoiled for choice at what I have to offer. Think of it as a candy shop for your ears. I'll be back next Sunday at 6 p.m. Eastern with more fascinating stories that fill our lives with the inspiration and information we so need to kickstart the week. I wish you a wonderful evening tonight with your family and loved ones. And until next Sunday, have a productive and a very happy week ahead.